It's Christmas Eve in L.A. California. Is Daddy coming home soon? Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. I missed you. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Sit down. Within this skyscraper high above the city, 12 terrorists have declared war. They're about to be taught a lesson in the real use of power. There is brilliant. Because I am interested in the $640 million in your vault. As they are ruthless. But I'm telling you, you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. We do it the hard way. Now, the last thing McLean wants. Think, damn it, think. Is to be a hero. Where's Howie? Hey, Tucker! Where? But he doesn't have a choice. What does he think he's doing? John. They have already killed one hostage. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Lady, we sound like a born of pieces! He's inside? Who is he? Troublesome for a security guy. Sorry, wrong guess, huh? Would you like to go for double jeopardy? Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee guy, mother. You just destroyed a building. And I am in charge of this situation. Well, I got some bad news for you. Come up here, that look like you're in charge of Jack. He is alone, he is tired. And he hasn't seen Disney Squad from anybody down here. Hey, pal, how you feeling? No, thing beating. I'd rather be in Philadelphia. I want blood. And you have it. Only John can drive somebody that crazy. He's an easy guy to like. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. And a hard man to kill. Die hard. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? We're back. Yeah, that looks much better. You can and just tell by looking at the at the sound waves if, yeah. the, if they're pretty or not. I've got Sean here with me. Hey, hey, hey. And as we record this, it is Christmas Eve. <coughs> yeah, it baby. It doesn't feel like Christmas Eve, really. Nah, it just feels like January or something. I mean, I guess because it got here so fast, I wasn't ready for it. But I went through half the day today not even realizing it was Christmas Eve. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize... Um, like it just felt like it was Thanksgiving yesterday. And the weather too isn't really like we've got the heater on in here now, but like we're just wearing t-shirts and stuff. Yep, definitely you not. People all bundled up. And definitely stuff. not the winter we had last year, where the pool froze over. <laughs> That's when you were like skating across my pool. Yeah. <laughs> I got video of that somewhere. It's out there. Um. Well, I don't have a lot of announcements other than to apologize for it being so long from the last episode till now. We've been super busy 
Like all of our weekends have been completely booked doing Kill J stuff, which we're going to announce some of that here in a minute. <laughs> Me being the ultimate opportunist, I'm going to use this platform to make announcements for, for Kill J, obviously. I used to feel like when I first started doing the podcast, and that's why I got the shameless promotion bill. Like it should be separate. I was, yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't need to like talk about Kill J too much on here because people would be like, oh, you just got a podcast to promote yourself. Well, then I started listening to Talk Is Jericho. Yeah, like every episode every. he plays a Fozzie song. Fozzie, like it's all about it. I'm like, why not? Who else is going to promote it? Yeah, exactly. Um, but we got a lot of stuff to talk about in that department. We have uh, before I forget, we have an email that someone sent us. To read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kayla Early says, Hey guys, hope you all are having wonderful holidays. I just thought about you guys when I noticed a lot of scary movies for Christmas time. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast for the scary movie fanatics during Christmas? Just oh. a thought for you horror fans. Yeah, uh, actually, after I read this, it kind of inspired me to do a thing that we're about to do. Yeah. We didn't really have time, again, because we haven't done a podcast in so long, to to get the fans and everybody involved. But we went ahead and made out like a, a top 10 Christmas movies. Yeah. I didn't even think about horror movies. Well, yeah, like, because you got the crossover ones now. Like, did you see the meme? It said, do you do you watch Nightmare Before Christmas on Halloween mm. or Christmas? And the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? A bit of booth. I didn't even think about the horror uh, Christmas movies. I just put down like Christmas, Christmas movies. You remember uh, to change it Silent it Night, Deadly Night? No, i never seen that. Oh, there's like five of them. Jesus. <laughs> uh, well, all of them are... All of them are really, really cheesy B-movie. Yeah. But, uh, let me just look this up real quick. This is probably going to be a long podcast, because we got a lot to talk about. A lot of stuff. Hmm. Dang, the first one came out in 1984. Wow. Some guy's like a Salvation Army dude running around killing people. <laughs> I don't actually remember, to be honest with you. I just remember it is so terrible that it's good. What well, does it not show on IMDb like how many there were? Maybe I need to do Wikipedia. You have to do Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Box office 2.5 million. Good God. For the time, that's not bad. No. I mean, 1984, $2 million bucks was like a lot of money. Let me just Google Silent Night, Deadly Night sequels. Like, there's uh, like some funny clips out there of like worst acting of all time. And it's one of the Silent Night, Deadly Nights where uh, they had this guy had like a gun. And he was pointing at this dude. And he was to shoot him. He's like, no, do not do that. I do not want you to shoot me. Like, it was like this is the worst oh, yeah. acting ever. He's like, no, I'd rather not have that happen. <laughs> right, 2012. We got, we got Silent Night, Daily Night. One, two, th- three is called Better Watch Out. <laughs> uh, Silent Night, Daily Night 4, Initiation. Okay. You got Silent Night, Daily Night 5, The Toy the Maker. The Toy Maker. And then there's one in 2012 just called Silent Night. I'm going to assume that's probably a reboot. 2012. What'd I say? 2002? What? Where'd 2005. I Oh, uh, VHS and laser dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie was pretty trippy. It's, it's, it's like, like I said, it's one of those that you definitely want to watch it yeah. because it's so terrible. It's yeah. like so terrible. It's great. Wow. So you want to go ahead and do that? Ah, oh, I forgot about that one. Which one? Krampus. Yeah, 
Krampus. Is that on your? I just watched that the other day. It's so good. Yeah, I just put. I added it just now. (laughs) Some of the movies I liked, but I've I've seen them so many times that I'm I don't like them anymore. Right. Uh, So I'm gonna go ahead and start with my list. Well, with our list, both of them. I'm gonna start with it. Mine aren't in order. But I'm gonna start off with this one because it's a curveball. Batman Returns. Oh yeah, that was during Christmas. Wasn't yeah, it? and it had that la 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 la. Yeah, yeah, all the kids do all that. The, all the creepy, the creepy Dan, Danny stuff. Elfman. Uh, Danny Elfman. Oh, that soundtrack music. was great. I went and bought it. I bought the score and the soundtrack. Yeah. Old Danny Elfman. So what's one of yours? Um, number ten, Four Christmases. Um, I kind of remember that one. Give me the synopsis. Um, Vince Vaughn and um, what's that girl's name? It's right there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a great movie. I didn't know it was they, called Four Christmases, yeah. but I've seen it like several times. You go to visit all their families and stuff, and um, Dang of it, course, but, when they go visit his his dad and his brothers, yeah, they're all like picking on him and yeah, stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> they all wrestle. They like stretch him out on the floor. Yeah, and then the one girl's pregnant. Is that the Alicia Silver Spoon? No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Uh, no, I'm getting. How do you say her name? Is Witherspoon? I thought. Right? Yeah, Reese. Yeah, Reese. Reese was, who did I say? <laughs> I Alicia. Or <laughs> yeah, what yeah, Alicia. I was like, wait a minute. I'm just saying shit. There's like, yeah, Tim McGraw is Vince Vaughn's brother. Mary Steenbergen. Steenbergen? But she was like the original MILF, wasn't she? Yep, for like, sure. Golly, Back to the like, future. She's always been old and always been hot. <laughs> stepbrothers. She's stepbrothers. Yeah, mom. absolutely. And then that girl, uh, Katie. Katie Mixon. Woo! Yeah. Hello. Eastbound and Down. Mm, everything she's been in. Somebody said that she had a body double for her topless scene, though. Really? I'm not really sure. We'll have to we'll have to take a double. Oh no, we're gonna have to look it up. <laughs> we're gonna have to look it up. <laughs> oh no, we have to look at her beautiful breasts. <laughs> Merry <Wow>. Christmas <laughs> to us. That's terrible and true. All right, what are we doing? You just did four Christmases, yeah. yeah. That that was definitely a good one. Um, uh, I already mentioned it, so a Nightmare Before Christmas. I think it's wonderful. Yep. Did that do a sequel? Has there been anything else? No. It's just no. There. Always been talks and stuff like that, but there's nothing has ever happened. What year did that come out? Because that was like some really good like stop motion. Oh god, he worked on it for like four years or something I crazy. I can imagine. Ninety. They had to combine Nightmare on Elm Street with Nightmare, <laughs> Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street before Christmas. <laughs> um. God, what year was it? What the? What just happened? Google just changed to like a... 93. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. The Google just it, like changed it, to like a snowy... did that on my phone earlier. Snowy background. Uh, 1993. Yeah. But he'd been working on it since like the first Batman movie. What would you call that? Is it, It's kind of a musical. It's kind of a... The, it's, it's a thing of its own. What Stop motion musical. Yeah. They're like singing and shit to the whole whole movie. Like if you get the if you watch the special features of that and watch them how they made that movie. Oh, I, I want to do that, dude. The years and they spent on it, and then Jack had like over a hundred, or <clears throat> maybe it was less than that. Maybe it was like eighty different faces, 
And I wonder just, the, who voiced that. And they had to, there's two different people. One guy sang, and then one guy did his. Uh, um, when do you get him on the podcast? His voice. You want to you want to talk to the guy that voiced Jack? Yeah, that'd be cool. One guy was a singer, Whoa. or maybe it was a chick. Girl. <laughs> Is that the girl from Home Alone? Yep. That's the the kid's mom from Home Alone. Beetlejuice. Danny Elfman once again. Yeah, he's the man. Danny Elfman and Tim Burton. I don't understand what's going on here. So did she sing for him or talk for him? One of the voices. She's uh, Danny Elfman, her, and like a few other people did multiple voices for all the characters and stuff on there. You know what that would be cool, a crossover to do? And this takes me over to another one on my list is uh, what if they had like, because you had that Halloween town mm-hmm. and you had that mixed with Whoville. It did oh, like wow. a Grinch meets Nightmare Before Christmas. Or you just have Tim Burton and Danny Elfman do a Grinch movie. Yeah, in that style. Yeah. Y'all need to get to work on that. Yeah. but um, You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome, world. <laughs> so I need to uh, mark off the Grinch because I mentioned it. But uh, I just watched the new Grinch movie. Uh, it's pretty good. So I'm kind of like, I like the original one, the original cartoon movie, animated film, excuse me. Because it takes me back to my childhood, kind of. Yep. <clears throat> so I, I'm, I'm partial to it. But the one Jim Carrey did was really good. Oh, yeah. Um, like the new one. I went and saw the new one. And it, the Grinch wasn't mean enough. You know? Yeah, the new one he was. Like they dumbed it all down. They kidded, they kidded it up. Like the funniest guy was it, that um, that Keenan guy. His real name's Keenan. And he was on, he's on SNL. And he was the, the fat who. Oh. That was like, come on, Grinch, have a good time with me. I thought the the funniest, <clears throat> like, mean thing he did was like when he was walking through Whoville, and this little kid's trying to put the nose on the on the on the snowman. <laughs> yeah, and he grabs the carrot, and, like, yep. sticks it in his face, and like yep. knocks his head off. <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's brutal. Yep, but that was like the the meanest thing. Whereas, in, like, Jim Carrey was like full on. Well, yeah, I mean, he stole Christmas. He can't be nice about it. Yeah, I guess you're right. That would be my biggest complaint about the newest one. Yeah, it was too nice. It was too nice. But, you know. You can't this, be the, the Grinch and be. In this current climate. You have to be brutal. PC climate. But I would say all three of them are pretty pretty okay. Yep. There's I, only three, right? Yeah, there's only three. Uh, Jim Carrey was talking about how brutal, like, the makeup was for that movie. Oh, God. To all the appliances that he had to wear. And he said the contacts that he had to put in to make his whole eye look <clears> like that. Like, it was really, like... Messed his eyes up, bad. for sure. Yeah. He said he dreaded that. Yep. Now, I got a mark off Nightmare Before Christmas and both the Grinches. What else you got? Because I think I did two in a row. <clears throat> uh, bad Santa. Yeah, I started to put that on here. I mean, it's... <clears throat> at the time, dude, like, nobody saw that thing coming. But was that the one where the second one was better than the first one, or no? I liked both, so... They were both equally, like... It seems like there was one that was way better, way funnier. I think, you know, adding, um, God, what's that lady's name in the second one that plays his mom, the lady from Misery? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. God, what's her name? Hang on, I got you, Hoss. Oh. What am I looking up? It'd probably be better just to type Misery. Bad Santa, too. Oh, yeah, or that. Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. Adding her as his mom was so brilliant for the second one. Yeah. 
and having that hot redhead in there. Hello. Here's a movie that really grew on me because the first time I watched it, I mean, I liked it, but I wasn't like all about it like I am now. Yeah. And that's Elf. Like, think about how much we quote from that movie even today. Oh, yeah. I mean, that came out when I was, what year was that? God. I was. Google Machine. 2008 or something. I think it was 2003. Wow. Yeah. So I was still in school. Wow, and, uh, I didn't realize it was so long ago. And you had Peter Dinklage in there? Yeah. He's like, call me Elf one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was great. Even now. Yeah, I watch it every year. Everyone looks forward to it. Almost every movie on my list, I, I watch Yeah, almost every year. All throughout the year. Uh, Die Hard. Yes, sir. That's on mine, too. And... Uh, you know, there's been argument over the years back and forth saying, well, it's not a Christmas movie. And I'm like, well, it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> let's just disagree. Right. Uh, we don't have to agree to disagree. I mean, let's just disagree. That is a Christmas movie. Yep. It, is, it was so Christmas. No, oh, no. Did you watch the Bruce Willis roast? No. You need to. It's pretty funny. That guy that's so good, the comedian. The Jeff bu- Ross? Yeah. Oh man, he's so fun. Yeah. Like that's his thing, man. Yep. He's so good at roasting oh, yeah. people. Just, he was just brutal and hilarious. Um, um He's like, damn Bruce Willis, you want an Oscar so bad you're starting to look like one. <laughs> <laughs> and you know because he's all like, yeah, yeah. I'll like, never forget when Ashton Kutcher started dating Demi Moore. Yeah. And they were at the red carpet or whatever event it was. And it was Ashton and Demi in front and then their kids. And then Bruce was bringing up the rear, just staring at the back of Ashton's head. Yeah. Like, can I be like Yippie Kaye right now? <laughs> was, uh, she came out as like a, a surprise guest. She roasted him. Oh, wow. And it was hilarious. Wow. Well, uh, the funniest thing is, is, like, I'm not doing it justice, but she's like, the sixth sense was a lot like our marriage. You were dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, my God. Brutal. That yeah, that's the worst when you bring out exes and stuff oh, like that. Yes. That know he was a really good sport about it. I know everything about you. Yeah. That's the worst. But the reason I brought that up is because at the end, he said the only reason I'd agree to this roast is so I could tell the world that Die Hard is not a effing Christmas movie. No. <laughs> but I disagree. It's a great movie. I like the almost all the sequels. The, the second one was a little eh, yeah. okay. It was only on a plane. But uh, even that? that Die Hard with a Vengeance, is that the one where the, they had the dump trucks full of gold and shit? Oh, I didn't see that one. What? No. No? I just saw the second one and then the one that came out a few years ago. It was so awesome when they're on the elevator because like his cop friend is like, all the time saying that he bets on his badge number. And like he says his badge number to him a lot. And they're escorting him down this elevator and there's these dudes, you know, they're cops. Mm-hmm. Or are they? And he right. just glances over and he sees the dude's badge and it's got the number on it. And he's killed him and took his uniform. So that's oh, how he no. knows. Yeah, yeah. So he has to like, wow. you know, regulate the situation, if you know what I mean. Bruce we're going to we have to find that one. John McClane in action. I'll watch it with you. That's great. That is the right one, isn't it? I don't know. How many? There's got to be four of them, right? The newest one wasn't that great. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's Die Hard with a Vengeance in 95. 
Live free or die hard. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. I didn't watch Good Day. Die hard year one? What in the world? What the? (laughs) That ain't real. What's going on? You're not real. There it is. The Wikipedia. The die hard series. This? Yeah. Here we go. Let's get the official word on this. Where we at? Films. Die hard. Die hard 2. Die hard with a vengeance. Live free or die hard. A good day to die hard. The good day to die hard wasn't that great. Yeah. Live free or die hard. That was the one I watched. You definitely need to watch Die Hard with a Vengeance. Really, really good. It was better than part two. God, these were really spaced out. Wow, yeah. That's what I was looking at. This podcast is going to be like two hours long. That's all right. You don't care, do you? <laughs> Y'all along for the ride? What you got What you got next? Is it my turn or your turn? I think we both went on that one because we both had... Die Hard. Uh, Gremlins. Oh, yeah, saying. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't put that on mine because I, def- I forgot all about it. But, yeah, that's a Christmas movie. Yeah. And it's kind of a almost horror movie, too. It's one of those crossovers like we mentioned earlier. Yep. Oh, i got to turn the speaker down. Um, Gremlins, yeah, that's a good one. Um, there's a lot of, like I said earlier, Christmas movies that I used to like, but I kind of got tired of them. But I never really got tired of It's a Wonderful Life. I know that's kind of cliche, but... I don't think I've seen that, actually. That one, Jimmy Stewart? Like, black and white? Nope. Huh. Yeah, you need to watch that. Because it's uh, it's like one of those movies that... You know how we were just talking about the way that they, they softened the Grinch? Yeah. Like, this has like some pretty real-life, like kind of brutal shit in it. Sweet. Like, it's... I'm all for it. it they don't wear the, the kid gloves with this one. Yeah. <laughs> But it's got like you know a happy ending and all that stuff. It's really a, almost like a the the journey with like Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay. Maybe. Right. You know. It's good though. It's a classic. Sold on it. Let's see what year that came out. It was a black and white. So I'm I'm gonna guess like 1956. I'm gonna go 40s. 40s? You may be right. Oh, you win the world. It was 1946. Look at look at the rating. Wow. Like even all now, of it. it's all like, of it. <laughs> that's crazy. It's really good. Like Jimmy Stewart's really good. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, it's I'm reading the synopsis here. He, he the movie is like an angel showing him what life would be like if he didn't if he never existed. So it made him feel better about his place in the world, seeing what it was like without him. Oh, that's cool. It's really good. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. It almost has like a Groundhog's Day effect. Okay. You know? Yeah. I just thought about that. Ooh. It's Groundhog's Day. Did I not put that in my. Yes, it should be. It was during the winter. It was during the Groundhog's Day. Yeah. It feels Christmassy. Yeah. I'm feeling an honorable mention here. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) What you got next? Um, Scrooge with Bill Murray. Oh man, that is probably my favorite. Stop the goddamn hammering! There's so many one-liners from that, and God, he was such an ass. Like I Bill know. Murray was perfect for that part, <laughs> and like the special effects with the the, the Grim Reaper at the end, oh, the Angel yeah. of Death or whatever. Yeah, is. all that stuff. And it was kind of brutal. Like that movie will make it you, was scary. It's hilarious. It's scary. Yeah, it, it'll like make you cry in some spots. Yeah, especially like um, when he goes back to see him as a kid and his dad's a douche. Yeah, 
Wow. All, all that stuff. Well, let's watch that. Let's do it. I'm sure I've got it somewhere. I like that's one of those movies I bought it on VHS and I'd watch it every Christmas. And then when DVDs got big, I bought the DVD. Yep. And I'm sure I've like whatever, bought it at whatever platform. <laughs> yeah. I probably got it on iTunes. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room. And by elephant, I mean awesome movie. Lethal Weapon. Dun, dun, dun. That whole franchise is a Christmas movie to me. I mean, it's definitely a Christmas movie. Yeah. Like, the music kind of sounded Christmassy. Like, they yeah. had Christmas music playing. They were at the tree farm yep. at the shootout, you know? It, it was like they invited the, him over for a Christmas dinner. Yeah. And, like, he was, like, you know, didn't really fit in, but he yeah. did. And, like, he became good friends with the family and all. Because he spends, like, all his time alone and stuff. So, you like, when he gets around, like, family events, he's just like, uh. Yeah. That movie's great. Meanwhile, you know, because when he's at his trailer on the beach, he's like, you know, seconds from putting a gun in his mouth. And well, he did put a gun in his mouth. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was part one, right? Yep. Oh, uh, it's your turn. My number one. Christmas Vacation. National Lampoons. That's on my list, too. That is a great movie. Never. Shitter's full. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's so many with so that many one. So many there, too. <laughs> right, take your coat, uh, take you out, bury you somewhere. Yeah, drive you up in the middle of the or leave you for dead. <laughs> yeah, the scene where he goes off and he's drinking all the egg. Oh, milk. man. Just snapping out. Oh, that's great. Like, who hasn't wanted to do that? Yeah, every <laughs> Christmas growing like, go, up. Go get your boss to tie him up and bring him to the house. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, growing up, it was like the annual... Uh, Frank family fight. <laughs> That's what Christmas stood for. Christmas stands for yeah, a bunch of people in a room one time a year, because that's it's about the only time. That, well, just one time a year is enough sometimes. Yeah, with family. You always notice there's always like plenty of alcohol around Christmas. Mm-hmm. Christmas and alcohol and family. There's a certain chemistry there. That oh yeah. Works. <laughs> or it doesn't work. Yeah. There you go. Um, I'm going to put the Charlie Brown Christmas special on here just because when I was a kid, it came on, we had three channels and it came on NBC every year and it was something about the, it's been so long since I've seen it, but they had to go find a Christmas tree and it was like an adventure, you know, yeah. it was good. For for mine being a, a children thing or whatever would be the, the Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, damn. Yeah. See, that's why I like doing these lists. It makes me remember stuff that I should have been on my list. Mm-hmm. Let's see what year that came out. Charlie Brown Christmas movie. Yeah, I don't even know what year like what year was like Charlie Brown like coming out with new episodes. A Charlie stuff. Brown Christmas, not sixty-five. Wow. Yeah. My mom was born in the sixties. That's all I got for mine. What else is that? All you? That's all me too. I got a couple honorable mentions because they're not movies, but I always love the Doctor Who Christmas specials. They're like a standalone thing. Well, it does tie into the storyline a lot of times. But you could tell it was a special. But it's, yeah, it's just a Christmas thing, and they're always so good. And uh, I put the <laughs> I put the Star Wars right. Christmas special on I here saw that. because it's so ridiculous <laughs> and fantastic and terrifying, and it's so weird to see that happening. My honorable mentions would be uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Mm. And yeah. then uh, another Tim Allen movie, uh, The Santa Claus. Watch that a million that, times. Yeah, that's the one where he shaves his beard and it grows right back. Yep. And he gets all fat. Yep. Like he turns into Santa Claus. Yep. 
That movie that he did with um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. the one she did with him. Yeah, that was the with the cranks. Christmas with the cranks. Is that the one where? There was one they did together where they canceled Christmas. Yeah, that's the one. That's it. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Gotcha. They were going to go take a vacation or whatever, and and then the neighbors were, like, hounding them. Yeah, they were going to go on a cruise Yeah. instead of having Christmas. And yep. then at the last minute, they had to, like, throw it all together. That was a good movie. Wasn't there, like, an old man that kept popping up to that movie, and he wound up being, like, Santa Claus or something? No. I'm not remembering that right. There was an old man that he kept feuding with. That Tim Allen would feud with. Now that, yeah, I remember that. The street. And then there was Dan Aykroyd, which was like the... Guys. The mayor or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever that colder sack. It was over the... Yeah, he was over like the, the Christmas committee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah. that so weird? <laughs> like, we were talking about this the other day. These big cities, they have these uh, communities. Well, my mom and dad live in a, in a gated community, and they have all these rules and stuff. Like, I remember uh, I was visiting some people out in Vegas one year, and they were talking about this big... A uh, big ordeal that was going on in their little club about a guy that painted his fence. Oh my god! And he painted it the wrong color, <laughs> and they were like just tripping out over oh. this guy's fence, and they're like making him, they're going to make him tear it down or whatever. And he's all mad and uh, like if you if you do any changes to your yard, yeah. you have to submit it. You're you have to draw it out and submit it to this committee, and they have to vote on it. Like, well, Bob's yard really does need some more shade on the east side. I'm thinking the palms would do great. Over Who the hell's paying for it? <laughs> I know, man. It's crazy. Like, and out here where we live, I can literally have like a satanic ritual in my front yard, <laughs> burning tires and shooting guns. And it's so we're crazy. Gonna do Christmas night, we're gonna have <laughs> like a bonfire, but it's gonna be in a pentagram. <laughs> oh God! How about your hay bells and a pentagram, and then set it on fire? I mean, it's it's so different in crowded like in bigger cities. Oh yeah, everybody. And then you know all the when you live in those kind of neighborhoods and stuff, they're like everyone's watching you and you know, oh, and you they're got, so up in your business. Yeah, like I don't even have a Wi-Fi password because nobody can get on my internet. Yeah, they're not. There's not close enough. Right. They yeah. Reach. <laughs> so I don't even password protected. Right. In one of those places, like you turn on your Wi-Fi, and it's like a jillion things. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What the hell? How did we get on that? Um, we we're talking about neighborhood. I don't know. Oh, the uh, Dan Aykroyd being the. Christmas oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Over that little their little town committee. Yeah. That is so crazy. We just went frosty, and I think you have to pay dues to to those. Oh, I bet. What is that called? Whatever they can get money out of you. Yeah, I think you have to you have to pay money to. And it's not a choice. No, it's like... You can't go rogue. No. <laughs> You'll be kicked out and whatever, and they'll fine you. I remember a few years back, it was in the news, there was this old man that lived in one of those communities, and he was a veteran, and he, he put a put up a big American flag. And they were like, well, that wasn't approved. And he's like, oh, right, good luck. Come get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you come and get this flag if you want to take it down. Yeah. I, I wish you the best. <laughs> Dude's like 80 um, years old, but he could probably take out like 80 people. Oh, shit, yeah. Like, like barehanded. Yeah, he had been in like Vietnam he or something. He lived hard, yeah. Probably like Korea. Yeah. I don't know that. He probably stormed the beaches of Normandy. Yep. And you're going to try to come take Hand-to-hand combat. Good luck with that, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hang back on that one. I'm just waiting for somebody to come get it. So anyway, uh, 
should we take a break and then come back and talk about the Killjoy stuff and then get into the Metallica stuff? We're gonna talk about Metallica today. All things Metallica. We're uh, it's, it's it, it is an absolute coincidence. We're talking about Killjoy and Metallica in the yeah, same yeah. podcast. <laughs> it's not because we think we're equals yeah. <laughs> by any means. <laughs> we do aspire to that greatness, though. So yeah, let's do a pause for the calls and then we'll uh, we'll get back and tell you about some of the stuff we've been doing here in Killjoy's workshop. Boom. I wanted to take a quick minute to tell everyone where they can find real pop culture online in what we call The List. You just made The List! Thank you, Chris Jericho. You can go to www.realpopculture.com. That's our website. You can listen to episodes right there. You can download the Podomatic app, search for Real Pop Culture. You can download and listen to episodes there. Our Facebook account is facebook.com slash Podcast. Our Twitter is at realpopculture1. We're on Instagram. Search for us there. We're on iTunes, Google Play. You have to go to Google Play Music and then search for Real Pop Culture. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Player.fm. All episodes are re-aired on The Edge Radio US, Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. You just made the list! You can go to AdvertiseCast.com and find out how you, yes, you, can be a part of Real Pop Culture by way of advertising. You can give us a call on our voicemail line. That's area code 662-305-9783. You just made the list! And last but not least, you can always email us, popcultureforreal, that's the number four real, at gmail.com. One thing I failed to... One thing I failed to mention earlier, I wanted to talk about our Christmas party last night. Yeah, buddy. That was pretty interesting. <laughs> you know, one thing we do right at parties, the food is like on point. Always Big on shout point. shout out to Laura. And Anthony, I don't want to leave you out. I know you helped. But she always brings like some really good stuff. Like all I brought was like a veggie tray and a pie. Yeah, yeah. She but brings they, like a whole like feast. They go above and beyond. Like we uh, always take a folding table. We used to put the food on the bar, but then I wanted to sit around the bar and all the food's in the way. So now I'm bringing a folding table and we put all the food on the table. But that thing, you couldn't fit anything else on that table. No. It was full of food. And uh, it was so funny because me and Anthony and Barry, um, I don't know who else is going to do it. We've been talking about doing this alcohol fast coming up pretty soon. Because we're like going to be trying to get in shape and everything. We're going to take a month off of booze to help kind of kickstart our, you know, our fitness Sobriety. goals. Uh, <clears throat> and I was like, dude, look at like look at all the alcohol on this bar right now. It was. I took a picture of it. It was <laughs> insane. And not just like like regular whiskey, like top like scotch, oh, yeah. like single barrel malt, like four hundred dollars worth. <laughs> oh, at least. <laughs> I was like, golly, like, this is a really bad time for us to quit drinking. <laughs> we got two kegs of homemade beer in the kegerator. We've got, uh, I, Barry bought me the uh, double cask Macallan. And I bought uh, Anthony that bottle of whiskey that they're making in Mississippi now. It's, it's whiskey, but it's, it's got a lot of scotch-like properties in the way it's, it's prepared. You technically can't call... Whiskey scotch, unless it's from like Scotland. Scotland, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, sort of like John Emerald from Alabama. That's some good shit. But and I mean, it's it's scotch, but it's it, it's not. Yeah, because it can't be. Merc. Yeah. And what else did we have? Uh, was that Glen Morangi? I think the the berry bought for. And already had a bottle of uh, Bush Mills. 
Like, it was just bottle after bottle after, and I took a picture of it, and I was like, this is insane, and we're going to quit drinking. <laughs> like, well, here's a, here's a good thing. When we get back off of our fast, we're going to have plenty to drink, and it ain't going to go bad. That Jelly Rancher Captain Morgan was horrible. Yeah. Was it you that scoffed that down? I took one. one no, that was the Alabama Slammer. Yeah. I've still got mine somewhere. I'm not I'm not touching that. That's... That's not my cough syrup. <laughs> yes. And not good cough syrup no. either. <laughs> like, like the kind that the doctor gives you. I don't know. Some of the time the doctor gives you is better than that. Um, but yeah, we ate good. We drank good. Uh, I got a Glencarn that I've been wanting for a long time to drink scotch out of. So I was walking around all night swishing my... My stuff around like I'm this sophisticated. Oh, fancy pants. I'm fancy pants, man. I needed a pipe. <laughs> yeah. That was blowing bubbles out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you had your uh, Deadpool uh, with your accompanying sports jacket. Yeah, my cigar jacket. You got a, he had, he was, yeah, it had kittens with little Santa Claus pants <laughs> on it. I'm begging you to wear that on stage. I'll do it. Me with a good time. We we all need to get like some crazy jackets like that. Yeah, it's like that year that Trey wore that that cigar jacket, but with like no shirt on underneath it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and was walking around with a briefcase and then the aviator sunglasses. Somebody was looking at my Halloween makeup that I wore this year. And they're like, "Man, you need to start doing that for the shows." I'm like, "Do you realize how long it took?" I ain't doing that before every show. No. <laughs> I got enough rituals. Yeah. I don't need another one. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, going back to the alcohol fast, we we all listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. We're all big fans of it, and every year they do a sober October. Well, October is not a good time for me to not drink. <laughs> October, <laughs> and I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy. I think I, I think I feel like for me anyway that you kind of set yourself up to fail in a way and make you and make yourself feel worse. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's, it is depressing because I go to the gym on a pretty regular basis, and I've seen it happen every year firsthand. I guarantee you, come January the 1st, that gym is going to packed. be packed. Like, you'll have to wait for machines. Like, I would go in thinking, like, I'm going to do chest today, and I had to do, like, a whole different thing. Like, yeah. I'll just, just do shoulders because I can't. And that messes you up because you're not in the mindset. Yeah. And, uh,. And then you watch it steadily die off, and it gets back down to the usuals, you know, yeah. that you, you expect yeah, yeah. to see there. And it's so sad. So I don't really call them New Year's resolutions, but be that as it may, January is a really good time to. Because man, you come you're around the corner in October. I mean, you got Halloween with all the candy. Then you got November. Thanksgiving. It's just feasting. Yeah. And then we have all these get-togethers around Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. And we all, we always have these big blowouts. We're just food, <laughs> booze, booze. <laughs> like just waterfalls of liquor. And beer. <laughs> it's like a, a happy place, happy time video. But uh, when you round the corner of January, I mean, other than Valentine's Day, but I don't really get into the Valentine's Day like candy aspect of it. So you know, it's a it's a good time to reset. You know, it's a good time to plan to get back in the gym get back on the diet and uh even though it sounds like i drink all the time i only drink on the weekends but we want to record the podcast on the weekend you know as i'm drinking a big old 
by the water right now. Nice water. Yeah, recovering from yesterday, so you can't play the drinking game with me on the podcast today. You're not going to hear me open a beer. So, uh, and me and you were talking about, like, I'm going to get more into the hiking and stuff. I'm going to start doing like, longer and longer hiking trails. And, and I've already started. Like, I didn't want to be, I took a few months off from working out and stuff. And but I started back like two weeks ago hitting the gym like really hard. Right. So even though I'm not like on a strict diet right now, I'm getting my body ready to where it's not like when January rolls around and I get back to work and everything that I'm just so far behind. Yeah. You know, I don't have to go through that period of being sore and Hmm. like, oh, my God, I used to do this and now I can (laughs) only do this. And like I've already got that behind me. Like I'm caught up to what, you know what I mean? Whatever I can throw at you. Yeah. I'm ready to go. So, uh, I remember all, some of this hiking stuff we've been talking about. I got some videos I want to show you when we get done. But uh, yeah, that one it's like two hundred some miles. Well, yeah, that's that's way in the future. But <laughs> you, I definitely want you to watch, uh, watch the video about the John Muir Trail. Yeah. And I want to look into the Appalachian Trail because it's close by. I mean, the whole thing. Obviously, we're not going to do that because it's from like Georgia to New York. It's yeah, crazy. But I think there's smaller increments into the Appalachian trails that you can do. Like, oh yeah, I'm sure there's all kinds of yeah. Like stuff. you go from this point to this point yeah. for like a couple of days or whatever. I'm all about that. I don't I've, like even when I was a kid. You know what I used to do? I would just like go into the woods and just walk around. No, yep. wasn't really hunting. I had a gun with me in case a snake popped up or something, but. Oh, I'm like deer hunting or anything. I was just, I was just exploring. That's what we did when I lived in Missouri. We would just hit the farmlands, mm-hmm. walk down the road tracks, just to see how far we can get down. Yeah, just see what you could see, like see a new place that you weren't aware of. Yeah. And I remember when I was a kid, they were cutting in that part of the waterway because it didn't always run that route through Smithville like it does now. Oh, okay. And. uh I would go out there where they were working on all and watch them, all the stuff they were doing. That was pretty trippy. Yeah. And then, like, whenever they got done, they flooded. They just opened up the gates. And it was funny because, like, they had worked for years on getting this channel cut in uh, for, for a piece of the waterway. And um, all the everybody in town came out for the big, you know, unva- like, yeah, yeah. the gates opening. And they were expecting, like, <laughs> this tidal wave of water. And, uh, of course, I don't remember it because I was so young, but... Uh, I don't think we went to it, but they were talking about how uh, how lackluster it was. Oh man! Because they, it just kind of trickled out. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It took like days to fill. Yeah, yeah. All that it wasn't like this is. They big just opened of, up all the gates for it. Yeah, it wasn't like this it. huge thing that happened. It was just this. They opened up one gate like halfway open. Yeah, it's like it. what they were expecting is not what they got. <laughs> it's like oh well this. This was a big waste of time. Well, then, see you in two weeks. Yeah, we'll see you in two weeks when this actually has made some progress. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I got off on a little tirade there, but, uh, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. We're going to try to get into some shape, man, try to do some hiking. Um, and it, it's funny because, like, we got this big Killjay comeback that we're fixing to <clears throat> talk about. And I, I, I want to be in shape for that because, dude, I can tell the difference big time. When I'm in shape and on stage, and when I'm out of shape and on stage, yeah. like you may not can tell by looking at me, but I can tell because uh, the kind of music we play isn't—I'm not gonna say it's difficult, but it's difficult to do well yeah. if you're not in shape. At least for me, like um, I was joking around, of course, when I said this to somebody recently. Um, they're like, "Why well, you gotta get in shape to to do 
just to sing. I'm like, well, in, I said, don't get me wrong. Anybody can do what I do and not be in shape, but you can't do it like I do it. <laughs> you can't do it like I do it, son. Damn. <laughs> you better hit them weights and get ready. Yeah. I just do better. I feel better. Like everything's just better when I'm doing gigs. And plus, like, we're not a big, fancy professional band that goes out on huge tours, but that lifestyle will kill you at this age because you get no sleep. Oh, yeah. You eat shitty food because it's not like you can, you know. Or at least up. not back then you could. You no, maybe, it'll be yeah. Maybe it'll be now it's easier now, but oh yeah, and you know, of course, people are buying you shots and beer, and sometimes it's on the house, and you do a little bit too much drinking. <laughs> it gets get left at a gig. <laughs> yeah, get left at gigs. Have to walk. <laughs> you have to sleep in places that aren't really places. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's a rough life. You got to be in shape for it. I remember, like, just getting done with chemo and played a show. At um, it was a Halloween show with with Kill Jane. I remember that. It was at uh, outside at yeah. Tony's. And um, I remember like because that was at my worst. And, yeah. And I'm able to like tell like when I was like at my best and then at my worst and it's just like that's just awful. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Did you said you had a couple of moments there where you were like, "Ooh, I don't know." Yeah, I, I was <laughs> wanted to rock out and move, but it was like, yeah. "Nope, <laughs> <laughs> not today." Because I kept, I leaned over, and then it was like I could feel like I was uh, wasn't gonna say I was gonna pass out, but it was just like, "Whoa, something ain't right." Yeah, I hate that feeling. Um, that's why I don't drink a lot before I go on stage. Because I've been there before where I drank a little too much and it wasn't fun. No. <laughs> it's like, I don't like this. <laughs> so I just stood there playing, even though that sucked, you know, just standing around. But you remember that gig we did uh, at the Daisy and Steven was playing bass? And on the first song, he cracks his head. He, like, those big tuning keys on the bass, the headstock, caught him right above his eye and split his eye. Like, open yeah. just laid him open and he said he had to consciously like uh tell himself not to pass out Dude, yeah show. Yep. like oh i remember we did we did like three songs and he's like hold on give me a second yeah i need a second like during one <laughs> song i took a, a, one of my bottles of water and like poured it over because he couldn't see like, no uh, blood in his it was eye. all in his face i'm like dude i know this sucks for you right now but you look like a total badass yeah right <laughs> And you're like what, the most brutal dude on the stage yeah. ever. <laughs> and that's what everybody was talking about. It's like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, kill Jay, man. These guys are, that's a real deal. Because I remember like, he was like, give me a minute. I'm like, what's wrong? And then I saw his face and I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. I don't even think he got stitches or anything. No. But I'm sure he needed them. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I've seen people get stitches with less. Yeah, right? <laughs> Not Steven. No. So anyway, uh, since we're already talking about Kill J, let's, uh, I'm going to wear that shameless promotion belt out today, buddy. We are, well, we have been doing this for quite some time, but I hate announcing stuff on the front end. I want to be into it when we announce it. That way, it's, because I've, I've done cemented. this before, like, yeah, because we're like, hey, we're going to do this big thing, and then months later, because stuff takes a long time, and everybody's like, what about this big thing you announced? You know, where, what's, what's all that about? Well, now we're over halfway through uh, getting uh, the Revolution Belt album remixed and remastered. Um, back in 2013, Robbie Ross, uh, our good friend, recorded the album for us. He did an amazing job. And uh, now we have like more technology. Uh, it's crazy how more advanced the 
the stuff you used to mix and master with yeah, has no gotten. Kidding. And our good friend John Purifoy has been doing like uh, these classes on mixing and mastering. Yeah. And we got him our our stems. Isn't that what you call it? Yep. Am I using the right language? Yep. <laughs> our, our master files that Rob, uh, Rob gave them to you. You took them to John. And he's doing a remix remastering of the, the Ref Bell album. And we've gotten... Uh, when you say we're over halfway through? Yep. Halfway through. We're halfway through getting them remixed. Basically bringing them up to date. Um, modernizing them, if you will. Yep. They sound so, so much more crisp and clear because like I said now you have more stuff available to do that with and uh, and John's like really really good at doing that stuff I mean if you listen to Roses on Red's music you'll know that he he knows what he's doing so anyway the first song that we're going to release in this uh, re-release remastering is going to be uh, the song Revolution Bell and we're getting ready to drop that I think the, the general consistency is January 1st right yep New Year's. Uh, but we're working on a, well, each song that's going to come out, we're going to release them like every, I don't know, a few weeks or whatever, and they're going to have a, like a lyric video to them. They're eventually going to be on Spotify and uh, on iTunes and, you know, all that digital outlets. Eventually, they'll, they'll find their way there. <clears throat> but in the meantime, you can still listen to the original. That's why I wanted to differentiate and let people know the difference because it's confusing sometimes to go and we're releasing the songs like well didn't you release that like five years ago yeah yeah like yeah yeah but this is the new yeah <laughs> and uh I, I, dude I remember uh, distinctly because I had all the Ozzy albums and they went through and digitally remastered all like every one of them oh, and wow. they all looked a little bit different yeah and uh, they had like this uniform like it'd be easier to show you than explain it but I remember buying one and listening to the difference even back then. And yeah. I was like, wow, it's crazy how if you just wait a few years, you can make something sound so much better. Yeah, than that's my first experience with that was uh, um, Lamb of God's uh, New American Gospel. Because I loved how like terrible and raunchy the, the original recording sounded. Yeah. And then when they re, uh, remixed it and remastered it, it was just like, holy crap. Yeah. It was like a whole new ball game. And when you get like I've been doing this for a long time, and 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 I think as as you get older and you're exposed to it more, you you get a little more picky about. You can mm-hmm. hear the difference. Oh yeah, you can definitely hear. Well, that like that just comes apart with like growing as a musician. Yeah, it's like when you first start doing, it, you're just excited and like ready to write songs and all that, and then like ten years in, like now you're like dissecting songs yes and in oh, a way uh, too it, much yeah. in a way it, it takes all the fun out and stuff like yes that. that's how we write songs we take all the fun out of it yeah, it does we argue over it and yeah, like, yeah yeah just stupid arguments over it it's like we did that in that you, other song you could ruin f- friendships oh, you know God, yeah. just over stupid stuff like that and then um like uh you put or you think you have a, a, a grasp on, like, how to write songs, you know, 10 years in and stuff like that. Yeah. And then uh, you... <laughs> then you realize you don't. Yeah, 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 that too. Because you Because then, like, after you, like, all right, I'm satisfied with this. And then two years later, you're like, God, why'd I do that? Um, it was like I told you the other day. I remember during the verdict era, the song I dreaded in the set list the most was One Man One because it was so hard. You know, it was so brutal in my vocals. Yeah. This is the, to get the performance right, you, you you had to be at a 10, no yep. doubt. And uh, 
now you know like the next album it had a life decay yeah. on there and life decay is like <laughs> way harder to sing than uh then one million one 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 million one's not like oh yeah yeah let's do it 10 times in a row and that's a warm-up and uh and now you know like 24 hours to kill yeah that's Ooh, 24 hours to kill my vocals yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that's a brutal one and like, like, i think there's gonna be a lot of hard hitters and then you carry that 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 mentality of like dissecting songs into like listening to music where you used to listen to music for enjoyment now you're like listening to songs and dissect, or at least with me. Yeah, for sure. You, I'm like, how'd they put this song together? And then you just tear it apart in your head and then, you know, put it back together. And then it's like, oh, dang, I ruined it. <laughs> exactly. I can't tell you how many times we just had to abandon a song and leave it alone and go work on something else. Yeah. And then come back to it. That's why I like working on two at a time. Yeah. You get burned out on one song, jump over to the other one, work yep. a little bit, then jump go back, back and forth. I like to do two, like, you don't want too many at a time. Cause then you get confused you're like yeah. wait i was gonna sing that on the bridge on this song yeah. but the thing i'm doing over here now i can now i get can, mixed up now i can get all put all three of them together um and another thing going back to like when you're younger you just wanted it loud yeah like loud is good yeah now you're like well, that sounds like shit <laughs> let's uh i mean you could take a if, if you, you people could see uh sean's pedal board is next to me it's about what about three feet wide yep and uh we really we're really meticulous about the tone like you I just did have find like that perfect tone. It can't just be loud. It's got to be round. Yeah, and I did have like everything on that pedal board. And then I was like, all right, I need to calm down. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I was, you got two pedal boards at once, like in tandem. Yeah, was one of them like for gigs yeah. and one for. Well, no, I was able to. I was putting two of them together because I wanted to run like I just wanted to have everything at my feet. And then uh, now I've separated to where I got that big one there, and then um, I'm counting eight pedals there, but one of them's like a, a uh, modulation station. That'll yeah, <laughs> I got that big one. Then I got a smaller one for like you know I can still do what I need to do if I needed to use the smaller one for a gig. Yeah, my pedal board's perfect for me because I'm just a rhythm guitarist, so I don't really do a lot of fancy stuff. I just need a clean channel and a dirty channel. Love my H2O pedal. Yep, we swear by the H2O. Oh, the pedal. H2O, man, those cleans just sound just like chorus just, delay mix. Yeah, perfect. And uh, I have that. What is it? TC Hello? Hello? No. You're talking about your vo vocal pedal? Yeah, yeah, that's a Helicon. I have the. Uh, I like to put a little bit of delay in my vocals. I like a little bit of chorus, a little touch of reverb. Just give it that. And I don't use it all the time. Like, I'll punch it in in certain places where I won't, you know. Be overbearing with and it. And what's crazy is, uh, you know, I defend it all the time because, uh, especially people in the metal community, they're like, man, you don't need these vocal effects. You're a singer, you don't need vocal effects. I'm like, all right, let's apply your strategy to guitars then. Yeah. Get on stage playing metal music with no modulation whatsoever in your guitars. Yeah. Why is it okay to. Because it's the opposite. You want the most like distortion and modulation, yeah. But on the vocals, they want the least. And I don't do anything to modify my vocals. I'll never use pitch correction or anything like that. But uh, I just like the way I, I don't like dry vocals. I don't want to sound like I'm singing through a mic at an auction. It's like, all flat and like just monotone. I want it to sound good. <laughs> right. Ain't that like uh, monot like dry? Ain't that the com complaint for death magnetic? Bad, 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 bad. Mm, yeah, there's definitely they were been too some dry. recordings that were too dry. Yeah. 
But if you listen to like the new stuff with Metallica live, they put a lot of. I know it sounds better. Just use his live vocals. But they don't do it in every song. You know that's why I don't always. Oh, okay. I don't always. Uh, I don't always use it. It just, it just depends on the song and it depends on the part in the song, whether or not I, I need it or want it. Like, okay, here's an example. At the end of Rain Down, yeah. uh, where it's just a, one guitar and I'm singing, that's completely, you know, just dry. Right. Because that that's almost like a whispering part in a way. You don't want a lot of modulation there. But like during screams, you want it to kind of roll and kind of echo a little. Oh, yeah. Makes it resonate. Especially if the only better. screamer in the band, the only singer in the band. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> that helps out. So anyway, I got that pedal. And I've got my distortion pedal, I've got my H2O, and my tuner, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And I don't always use the distortion pedal, because depending on which rig I'm using, I'll go with which the... you're going to uh, be set up now, son. Oh, yeah. We need to talk about gear. I think we already are. <laughs> but, uh, um, sometimes I'll use the amps distortion if there's a switch available for that, so I don't even hook up my distortion pedal. Which there is now. Yeah, buddy. We're going to be sounding, sounding good. How did I get to that? Because I was, oh yeah, I was talking about the, the KillJ stuff, and we're already booking, talking about show. Like, there's nothing official yet, but there's definitely going to be some shows next year, throughout the whole year. We're gonna be playing live. We're gonna be putting this, out that we're talking about now, the remastered Rev Bell, and uh, all the while we're doing this, we're also recording the new album. Yeah. And uh, of all new material, so that you don't think we're just rehashing stuff. Uh, Oh, to me, I feel like the the, the remastered Rev Bell is kind of like the to tie them over while we're because yeah. it's kind of a sort of new thing. Yeah, it's an old thing that's being made. Well, new. Especially if you take and then you got the new new coming yeah. up with that. Well, especially if you take the new mixes and stuff and then you compare it to the the old ones, like a whole new song because there's stuff that was brought up in the mix or taken out of the mix from uh the the old song or you know the, the original yeah yeah the original version and it just makes it sound completely different it's definitely got a a higher like i don't know the proper terms i'm not a I'm not an engineer but the frequencies are like fatter like it's la it's, it's louder but not like you turned up the volume yeah it's like you boosted the I don't know. We'll get John on the show and he'll yeah. explain yeah. how that works. I have no idea. But it's it's definitely like louder, but not like volume louder. It's it's loud. Yeah. It's it's a higher. You can hear everything too because there's yeah. parts of that solo in Rev, uh, Rev, Revolution Bell where like I didn't even know those notes or you know parts of it was being played because it was buried um, in the mix or whatever. Yeah, too. You know, there's a lot of lot to do with frequencies. Like I could be everything's crisp and clear. I could be singing something that's occupying the same frequency that you may be playing on the guitar. Right. And it's hard to to and, separate those two. And that yep. these engineers know how to layer it. They literally move it around where you hear it. Uh, it it hits your ear from a different place. Yeah. So that it sounds layered and not just all on one. One frequency, it's it's frequencies that are separated. I don't know how you can, it works. You can hear everything individually. You, hear you don't All have to know how it works to know it sounds yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's me. I don't know how it works, but I know it sounds awesome. As a matter of fact, we should uh, debut one of the new songs remastered mm. on here. Yeah. Ultimate Opportunist. Do it. And, uh,. And, well, <clears throat> with all that going on, I guess y'all can see why we haven't, uh, had many podcasts come out lately 
because now we're practicing on Sundays, which we recorded a lot on Sundays. Yeah. We're able to do this today because it's Christmas Eve. And there's actually going to be about two or three more podcasts come out of this break I'm on right now. So there'll be a few more in a row. There won't be another. Uh, not planning on another huge gap anytime soon. But uh, definitely going to be spending a lot of time working on this stuff. I got to get myself back in shape. I got to get these songs finished and recorded. We got to get this remaster stuff put out. Woo! Man. Busy. We gotta get. We gotta get on. <laughs> and I'm. And we're like going to more concerts this year. Too. Yeah. I've too. already got tickets to. How are we doing everything? Uh, exactly. <laughs> we're gonna be some busy sons of bitches, but it's gonna be fun though. It's fun busy. Like all the shit we're doing, even though it's a lot of it, it's all stuff that we like to do. Yeah. So that's the main thing. I've already got tickets to see Metallica. I've already got tickets. Oh, Steel Panther. Anthony Laura bought me Steel Panther tickets. You do as well. Yeah. And uh, we're getting Iron Maiden tickets for this summer for sure. So that's three concerts right there we're definitely doing. That's going to be crazy. And i got to work in the all the other stuff around that too. <laughs> that Steel Panther shows on like a Sunday though. So I, that won't, yeah, that ain't nothing. That's just going to interfere with practice. Practice smashes. So, uh, you want me to hit another commercial and we talk about this Metallica stuff? All things Metallica. All things Metallica. We've been talking about getting together and doing a Metallica podcast. Way too long. Yeah. So, basically, after we come back from the break, we're going to have a whole new podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like two shows in one. Because we're almost at an hour now. Yeah. Metallica. This might be a two-parter. We have to do, like, Metallica part one and then part two. Oh, man. What do you think about that? We're just laying this out as we go. Yeah, just, just, we didn't even really have an intro. Talk about Metallica all day. I remember when um, Some Kind of Monster came out, the movie or whatever, and it had like eight hours of extra footage. I watched every bit of it. And I watched every bit. <laughs> Some of the stuff, I was like, why didn't they... Yeah, why wasn't this in the movie? Yeah, I'm getting ahead of them. I'm get, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. We should probably talk about this later, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I was like, hmm, they should have... They should let me be in charge of this. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know more than them. You know, it's funny. It's like sometimes I feel like, you know, because they got like all those old guys that have been with them for, you know, 30 years or whatever or 20 years. I'm just like, man, they just need some new blood, like a fan to come in there and like tell them like, look, this is what you were awesome at. Yeah. And this was, you know, with the mistakes that you shouldn't have done. But, you know, I'm getting ahead. Yeah. Let's, let's jump <laughs> to this commercial. Shadow Stalkers Paranormal is a nonprofit organization, a level-headed team with a knowledgeable background who tries to explain and debunk, not taking things solely as paranormal. They try to help their clients with an understanding about the paranormal. Shadow Stalkers Paranormal also gives back to the community by way of sponsorships such as this one, fundraisers for historical sites and individuals with terminal illnesses. They strive to make their team better and make a difference. You can find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash shadowstalkersparanormal38821. They're ready to believe you. All right, so how do you want to start this Metallica thing? <clears throat> Some notes taken over there. You're more prepared than me. Um, you know, just come in like... Do you want to let's start at the beginning? Here we are. And kill them all? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, definitely. what was your... Okay, here we go. What was your first exposure... To Metallica that you remember it was um, you're younger than me so it yeah be well era. it was definitely during well it was I remember hearing like the songs from the black album because my dad would play that that 
and then you know load and reload came out and they had all that awesome stuff they did on mtv um like they did one contest i think it was for load and they had four semi trucks yep with, i remember that with the the who knows how much money they spent to get these custom you know wrap trucks or, yeah. or paint or i don't know how that how that works. the semi trucks were like supposedly going all over america yeah yeah and you had four different people and these trucks showed up at these people's places and only one of them had like the band in it metallica was in the trailer yeah <laughs> like hang out and party with you and then they went to a small bar and like played like you know some songs uh some of the songs it was like whatever. you spend the day with metallica yeah. basically and, like, like, the guy that won it was all, like, a nerd. Like, like yeah, I don't remember who, who won or whatever, but it was just so crazy that, like, that was, like, a contest. I know. And, uh, the other trailers had, like, car. Yeah, it. yeah, some, whatever, awesome, equally awesome like, prizes. It was awesome. Yeah. But, like, everybody wanted it to be Metallica, and it showed all the vehicles showing up at the locations, and there's this one guy, and, uh... They opened up the trailer and there was Metallica standing there. He's like, yeah, Holy just, shit. Right, yeah. <laughs> like they went in his house. They were playing video games with him and like eating pizza and it's crazy. They like they were they they were on like the second or third floor. It's like an apartment building, I think, because they were like up high. They opened the window and there's like hundreds of people out there. Oh yeah. It's yeah. like uh, Lars was like, "Hey, these people out here, they didn't care who you were yesterday. Do you have anything you want to tell them?" He's like, "Go home." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's hilarious. He's like, it's sort of like I'm the master of puppets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this like cornball has a joke. God, how do you find that footage again? Oh, I'm sure we can, man. YouTube. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like the load, reload era, and then into um, the Metallica S&M. And then, uh, or well, let me back up, because uh, somewhere in like 96, 97, I heard one on the radio. Whoa. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. I don't know that song. It's and I went to my dad's like CDs and stuff. And then there was two other albums there. Uh, Kill Em All and then Injustice For All. And I grabbed that Injustice For All. And I listened to that and that changed everything. That was like a whole new ball game. Was hearing that album for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is like, a, you know, you know, and as different as it was from the Black Album and Load and Reload. And S and I think maybe Metallica S and M had come out at that point, and <clears throat> it was just like wow, like, and to think that like and it like, you know, for you you saw Metallica from the get go, just and about, and for me it was like halfway through it, and then to go back, it was kind of further along than you might think because uh, I was always aware of Metallica existence but i wasn't allowed to listen to that kind of music right so i had to kind of sneak into it so it, it was difficult i knew i liked it right away yeah i, I remember picking up the, the cover of the kill em all record yeah and i was like whoa this looks serious right and like the little bit that i i'd been exposed to from metallic i was like this man is uh, coming from a different angle because you've got all the because at that time the hair metal shit was alive and well yeah like it was full blown, nothing but a good time. Yeah, <laughs> hairspray, makeup, like lights on your guitars and shit. Yeah, glam, like, so glam. And then like here's here's uh, Metallica, and they're like being like just real, like singing about real shit, right? Like, problem, like bad things. Like not, they're not just talking about having a good time. Life and death. They're talking about life and death, like stuff that you can kind of 
you know, the, like if you can't relate to Fade to Black, you know, yeah. that, that, you're that dead. Song you're already dead. Yeah, you're already <laughs> dead. <laughs> and I kind of gravitated towards that because that's real. Like, yeah. yeah, it's fun. Like, there's some of the bands I got into in the '80s, even the glam, some of the glam stuff. Most of the stuff I listened to though was stuff that was ahead of its time, like Skid Row. Right. I didn't. I never thought they really fit that. Maybe visually a little, but the content not so much. Yeah. I gravitated towards those bands, but Metallica was like a whole different ball game for me. I was like, this isn't defined by an era. These people, these guys don't care. Right. They don't care what you, they don't even care what you like. They're just going to play what they want to play. And yeah. I've always thought this, that was amazing. And I can't put my finger on the, the exact day and time, but I remember being aware of them. And uh, I know I had the Kill 'em All album before I heard the uh, Garage Days. Okay. Because I felt like that was a, an extra album that I got yeah, to listen yeah. to, right? And they're so different, but it's still so freaking good. And it was before like the re revisited. It was just right, right, it right. was just called Garage Days, and it's God, what year was that? But it was well it was before eighty three. Oh, because Garage Days was before Kill 'Em All. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. I see how you're doing. Because it was re released so many times. Yeah, 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 okay, okay. There was many, many. I was thinking of the second time it was released. A lot though. of people that had the original Garage Days, it was like copies of tapes right i was like hey man i went to california and copied my brother's cassette and right it over yeah. here. i've made like you know you're like, let me borrow it man i want to make a copy too yeah. so i'm listening to a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, but, of a copy. yeah and i'll make like backups of it just in case the tape player ate it. <laughs> yeah no y'all, 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 y'all people nowadays <laughs> have to worry about your mp3 player your your itunes spotify eating your tape yeah it was a whole other nightmare <laughs> that you had to go sneaking by because you're not allowed to listen to metal um, you take the pencil to wind, try to wind it back up. Yup, exactly. <laughs> um, I got the tail end of that. I was definitely uh, way, way into Metallica when the One video came out, the video for One, and uh, I think I was exposed to Master of Puppets before Rod the Lightning. I kind of did a similar thing where I jumped around in time mm-hmm. because again, it was just what I could get access to. Right. And uh, so, like, Ride the Lightning was, like, uh, a bonus thing for me. After, yeah. after There's another Master one? Club. I was like, whoa, there was one before this. <laughs> because back then, you would leave, you would release, like, an album a year. Now, I mean, look at, like, Slipknot. Amazing band. But they release an album, like, every six years. Yeah, especially since so Dude died and Joey got kicked out. Or yeah, fired. but even before that, they weren't, like, no, no band releases, like, an album a year anymore. Yeah, because uh, Slipknot was like 99, 2001, 2004, 2008. I know, and like, but the, even though they were doing them once a year, like Megadeth and Metallica, all them, they were all good albums. They were their best ones. Yep. Like, they were amazing. It's yep. like, it's crazy they could crank out that good quality material oh, yeah, that yeah. fast. Yeah, because it was like 83, uh, in the 84, 86, 88, 90. Yeah. They would write and record while they were touring with with like no technology. Yeah, like what they had studio wise would fill up a a room, and now Truck. you can put that on like an iPad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, so, anyways, I remember I was I would watch uh, Night Tracks on TBS. It was a show that came on late at night, and it played music videos. Wow! But the reason I, I liked it is because they weren't just playing the popular shit. Yeah, they play like Bullet Boys and you know like the like the hard rock, the Obscure. metal stuff. And uh, it was almost like. It kind of reminded me, like especially as it got later in the night, it kind of turned into like almost like a pre-Headbangers Ball. Okay. And I think this was even before Headbangers Ball. Yeah. 
Uh, well, it says here that it started in 83. So there wow. you go. But I remember watching the Metallica 1 video, and that literally changed my life. Yeah. Like my life split into two paths. Right. right there. <laughs> it wasn't like it went from I like this man a lot to this is going to shape my existence going forward. Well, it's crazy. What's crazy is like they were already playing stadiums. You know, well, Master of Puppets. Oh, yeah. Like, and then the radio didn't want to play them. Mm-mm. They didn't get nothing. How many albums in before that? I mean, Metallica 1 was their first music video. Yeah, three. Three before that. Yeah. It's like they got famous on their own path. Yeah. Yep. They got famous on their own way. They didn't go the normal I mean, they didn't even really have to make a to video for, for Injustice for All. They could have just went yeah, the these, whole 80s. <laughs> these Metallica haters nowadays are just looking at the super uber icon, professional, rich Metallica. They yeah. don't realize how humble their humble beginnings were. And they stayed true. Yep. Like they didn't go, well, we'll sell out. No. No, they always did what they wanted to do. Yep. And look where it got. Whether, whether you, you as a fan agreed with it or not, like the whole Napster thing, they saw that coming. And how right they were. Yeah. And how, how many side, people were so right they were. yeah? How many people were so pissed off? It's like oh, all they, these money hungry da 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 da. They saw it years, years before it happened. Yep. And now all the people agree with them. Yeah. Like, even the fans. Yeah. Everyone agrees they now. See the aftermath. So all those idiots that broke those CDs and like trashed yeah. all their Metallica stuff. It's like now they got to bomb again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now when you buy it, you buy it from them. <laughs> yeah, because they own their own music. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a whole crazy thing. Um, but yeah, that that video was just epic. And again, it was like dark. Like everything else was like, yay! It was still in the it was, that was like yeah, it was black and white. How how it was shot black and white, real simplistic. But what like, a way it had to so separate. much emotion in it. And like I've always looked at Metallica one as a, as a true Borco. It's a it's a piece of art. Yeah, that song is art. It's got classical in it. It's got so many different pieces. It's so aggressive, yet yep. so slow. And it's just got everything in it. It's Even the film that's a part of the video. Oh, yeah. Johnny Got His Gun. Yeah. Wasn't that the name of it? Something like that. Uh, if not it. Yeah, it was, it was really, really dark and, de- and de- almost depressing, but but hopeful. And, God, like every emotion, you know. And the, their performances, when they, they filmed it, were really good performances. Like, you could really see that they were feeling what they were doing. Yep. They weren't just like, okay, it's a music video. Let's get this out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, they were they were in it. Total home run. Like, I, that's that's my favorite Metallica album is Justice for All, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to put, put them in order because there's so many that are so good. Like, I all those iconic classic ones. But that really, I mean, seriously, I'm not overselling it. That changed my life. I was like, I, I can't just be uh, someone who consumes this i have to participate in music hearing other people to be yeah somehow be part of this (laughs) hearing hearing other people talk about injustice for all and then even like you know talking to you and like other friends of mine and even my own experience with the injustice for all when i found it it changed everything yeah it was a game changer especially as a musician like i i'm sure i was already kind of picking around on the, the guitar at that point but like the first the first stuff you learn is like punk because it's easier Easy. to play. Yeah. But then this came along and man, it was, like, it was really oh, challenging. Man. It's like holy shit, how do they do this? Uh, yeah, especially uh, with Blacken. It's like how is he playing or I Dire's mean, Eve? Even their <laughs> easy songs, they'll, yeah. they'll come to a point. If you okay, if you ever noticed this as a guitar player, everybody knows parts of Metallica songs. Yeah, parts. Very few people <laughs> know them all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Like only like the really, really. 
Like, I would be hard-pressed, well, definitely if you, you know, try to include the solos, but I would even be hard-pressed to play any Metallica song all the way throughout. Now, but I can play a ton of them for you. Because yep. you, you know, think, like, ballads, up. like, oh, yeah, but then you try to play Nothing Else Matters, it's like, damn it. <laughs> you got to be a classical guitar player to play this damn thing. Yeah. And it's one of their simpler songs. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard as hell to play. And you remember when we were learning um, Sad But True? Yeah. And we were talking about like these pieces in there that they did that was just unnecessarily complicated. Yeah. It's like they did this little change here and they could have just kept, but they know, no, we're Metallica. Let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's make it make harder for our fans difficult. to learn this. Yeah. It's like how you take something so sif- uh, simple that make it so difficult. And, uh, you know, again, certainly not comparing myself to Metallica by any means, but the way it influenced me and kind of shaped my path going forward is that. I take that approach too to songs. Uh, sometimes you can take a very, very simple riff and idea, and I don't, I don't overcomplicate it for no reason, but it, it pushes me to challenge what I've written. Yeah, it's like, well, I could be lazy and just leave it this way, and it'd probably be fine. But what if we did this? Yeah, like, it's gonna be harder to pull off. Like when we were demoing, harder to pull off live, but it's in the end, it's gonna make the song better. Like when we were demo, demoing uh, new song ideas and stuff like that, I had you know whatever like six different versions of uh, um, revenge. Um, I choose revenge. I choose revenge. You know, but that's always good because like it, you you start to hoard this material that you can use in other places. Yeah. Like I've had I've had songs that I was writing, I didn't like the way it was going, but it kind of turned into two different songs. Right. So you win, you yeah. double up. If you heard the original version of "Find My Way," it was terrible. <laughs> uh, the the choruses just they weren't hitting. Like yeah. They weren't resonating. They weren't catchy. And uh, I completely re rewrote the the structure, kept the verses like they were. I liked that thing I was doing guitar wise over the verses as well and I like the lyrics and then when I changed it to find my way I, I started that another night here on my own and I was yeah, like yeah. that's so much better I was like where does that fit I was like well that's just get rid of the chorus and just make this the chorus yeah and yep. then you, you then you get to figure out how to tie it together it's, it's really fun yeah um, here I am talking about me and we're talking about Metallica <laughs> <laughs> what uh, if you could name two songs your favorite two songs off of Kill 'Em All, what would they be? Ooh. Two. You only get two. Well, I'll tell you the one I probably listen to the most because I love that transition into uh, Whiplash. Okay. Where they're like, what is that called? It's like a anesthesia. Yeah. Like to me, that's one. It's all you got to listen to it all together. Right. Anesthesia pulling teeth into Whiplash. You got to listen to both. Yeah. Because the whole Just song to, to feel me feels it. like a build up to, and uh. When Whiplash starts out, that da 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 It's just like, oh, man, this is like a machine gun blasting my ear holes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. That's awesome. God, for, uh, for the second one, I mean, Phantom Lord, Four Horsemen, it's hard to pick out of those two. Blitzkrieg is good. Like, Jesus, I, I, I guess, uh, I guess the Four Horsemen. Yeah. Because that dun 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 I like that. It's like one of those staple songs that's just part of the the whole uh era. And the lyrics, man. Those lyrics. You just you can't beat that. Yep. Mine would be um Whiplash and then my you know, like 
It's hard to have like top five Metallica songs ever, but Motor Breath. Mm. I love it. It's such like a punk. Yeah, they changed so much between Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning. Yeah. And a lot of people say, oh, it's because Dave Mustaine. But I don't think that was it. It's like they, they, they evolved into something from Kill 'Em All to Lightning. Well, you just got better at writing songs and stuff, you know? Yeah. That punk rock element never went away, but it was definitely more matured. It was like punk rock thrash. Yeah. But then they kind of started defining their own style of metal. Yeah, yeah. And then it, especially like coming going into Master Puppets. Man, by the time they got to Master Puppets, <laughs> they had their full stride of their thing. Yeah. Whatever their thing is, they had it. <laughs> Two songs off of Ride the Lightning. Creeping Death. Of course. That's on mine. And of course, I want to say "Fade to Black" because there's a lot to be said about that song. Yeah, that's that's when Metallica first went. I don't care. They when they had acoustic guitars. Yeah, yeah. They had a ballad. People like whoa, whoa, whoa! You're Metallica, you know, right. lightning, fire, metal, you know, fast, 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 and all of a sudden you got classical stuff. And Metallica's like, yeah, we did that because we wanted to. You could, I mean, it was, even though it was a, a ballad or whatever, it was still heavy. Still heavy. Yep. Still, still uh, got that brutal. But uh, even though I mentioned that one, I would, I would actually have to say "Fight Fire with Fire." Yeah. I'm gonna tell you why because that song just came out of the gate. It's like, it's like if you're watching a football game for your favorite team and they score on the opening drive. Right, yeah. <laughs> like they, the just, first thing they do is a, is an end zone, like run it right in touchdown. Like it is so heavy. Like those, and I can't believe James Hetfield does all downstrokes on that. That's yeah. impossible. And it's so heavy and so brutal and so fast. I was just so happy when I heard that. I was like, <laughs> yay! My guys are winning. <laughs> yep, mine was creeping death and then fade to black as well. Well, I really uh, gained a lot of respect for James as a songwriter when I heard Creeping Death because, you know, growing up in church and everything, like, his account of of that whole event, it was a, it was a biblical song. Yeah. And it's not like an evil, like, you know, kind of thing. It's just a telling of the that the Passover story, yeah. basically. Yeah. And it was accurate, you know, if you, you know, if you do your research... Like, all the things he said, like, you could tell he knew what he was talking about. And whereas there's a lot of bands out there at that time that try to throw stuff like that in there, and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. And it's... Just say time. Yeah, double, 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 double. <laughs> <laughs> but this wasn't even like that. It wasn't no. about that. It was just telling... Just is historically accounting this thing that happened that was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> and that he really... Man, it was some good songwriting. And, and the music is freaking amazing to go with it so that didn't hurt not at all Master Puppets Mm. well I gotta say the song Master Puppets because I think it's a rite of passage as a guitar player you've got to learn that uh, that opening riff of Master Puppets because if you can do that then you're gonna be okay yeah yeah, you're gonna be (laughs) alright as a guitar guitar player player. you're gonna make it (laughs) you may not be Eddie Van Halen but you're going to be okay if you can play that yeah and I, I don't know of a guitar player that doesn't 
at some point in their career has, has learned that done bum 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 da, 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 yeah, da, I did da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, that walk up and the, that yeah. part was like you have to like yeah, yeah. learn it slow and then slowly increase speed to where dun, you get it dun, dun. and then they just do it effort, effortlessly and singing yeah he sings over that stupid it's crazy uh second are, are we doing two for each one yep oh uh, battery yep I would say battery Yep. That song's just blah, blah. It's a battery. It's perfectly like, named. You know, I put down three songs because, like, Master is, like, an obvious, like, you have to mention it. And then, like, my two would have been um, Battery and Damage Inc. Mm. Yeah. Just because of how Damage that song starts off, like, da, 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 da. So fast. All the songs are just so fast. The tempo is just mm. outrageous. Yeah, that, that Master Puppet album was just like, oh, this is new. This is something new. Yeah. They really hit their stride with their own thing. They they were Metallica. They weren't like because a lot of times, even your favorite bands, you can be like, well, you can tell they're influenced by this, or you can certainly tell that they're a fan of that. With yeah, Metallica, yeah. it's like they're just Metallica. Yeah, yeah, that Master Puppet is definitely like Metallica, like all. Yeah, that's they're so original. They've they've really created their thing. Yep. Instead of saying Metallica sounds like this. Yep. From here, from henceforth to this day, yeah. it's more like this sounds like Metallica. Yeah. Like they created that standard. Yeah. I bought a, uh, when I was first learning how to play guitar, they had this Metallica book. And like, what blew my mind is that you can learn how to play Metallica using their songs, like the entire discography of it. You can learn how to play song or learn how to play guitar because anything anyone would teach you. They've already used in their songs over the over the years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. like any like whatever solo style or or chords or or power chords and drop D and all these things that you'll learn as a guitar player it was in this book and it was from their songs, not just you know like to learn guitar you have to do this. Well, and all those bands back then, all those bands as heavy as they are. For the longest time, I'll play those classic albums just in standard. Yep. Standard, the ADGB standard. tuning, not drop anything. They didn't even drop D. Yeah. They were just, it was standard tuning. Yeah. All those heavy-ass Slayer records. Yep. The classic ones, standard. Yeah. Megadeth standard. So weird. Now all these bands are like, well, you got to tune your guitar down so low that the strings are on the ground <laughs> so that you can be heavy. Yeah. I'm like, dude, the people that created heavy, yeah. the people that made the world you live in, <laughs> played in standard. That's funny. <laughs> justice and justice for all. Oh, well, I've already told you that I think the 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 best masterpiece of a song would be one. Right. Like it is the perfect song. I, I can't think of a song that's better than that one. And I think every musician musician. <laughs> should uh whether you're in the metal or not you should take a listen to that song the arrangements and how it's put together how it's sang how it's executed it's just is a masterpiece and uh i would have to say dyer's eve i thought that should have been like put higher up in order on the album because uh yeah, Dyer's that whole Eve. album is kind of what I would consider a musical masterpiece. It takes you for a ride. Oh yeah, there's nothing about that album that you would skip. Right. You put it in, you listen to it until it's done. Uh, if you were listening to the tape, you had to flip it over. 
But aside from that, no, nah, man, it's 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 a ride, like you said. And uh, Dyer's Eve really struck a chord with me. Same uh, here. The just the, the, the delivery, the execution, the content, and I always and said it was the fast, fast, so fast. But it was still punk. Mm-hmm. You know, and technical, like so yeah. technical on guitar, and uh, you know, I have always said that the song "Bloodstained Halo" by Killjoy is my Dyer's Eve. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, right. It's it's that rebellious. Like you, you hit it from an angle of when you were a, a rebellious, angry teenager kind of thing, mad at the world, mad at everything, and defying authority, and you know, you, I kind of captured that essence. Yeah. Like Bloodstained Halo sounds nothing like that. No. <laughs> two totally different things, but you know, that's where my headspace was when yeah. I looked at. And I played uh, the new um, version of uh, Bloodstained Halo to some some guys, and they were just blown away. It's like oh, I didn't know Kill Jade. Got down like that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know y'all partied like that. <laughs> like, where you been, son? Yeah. But my two is Dyer's Eve and Blacken, just because, like, mm. Blacken was... I love it when... Blacken they- was so heavy that I'm shocked that it was, like, it was written in the 80s. I know. All those defy everything. They defy the era, the time, the... Yeah. That, yeah, that could be released now, and it would be a game changer. Right. And I love it when they start a concert with Blacken. Man. Because they do all the... The pretty shit at the beginning over yeah, the, yeah. the PA, yep. and then James comes out and starts with that fast ass. It's just like a, it's just a, like a tidal wave of. It's like here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Strap in, son. <laughs> the Black Album. The Black Album was interesting for me because uh, that's where most people got on the Metallica train. Yeah. And I was baffled at the people that are like, "Hey, man, have you heard about this new band called Metallica?" Yeah, dummy. Yeah, dumbass. (laughs) I've only been preaching this for (laughs) like the last ten years or more. I told you. It's like it's like people are finally waking up to this thing that's I've known about forever. But hey, I'm glad that they got success. I mean, they. I'm glad that they broke through because they earned it, man. They fought their way up through. I mean, that's that alone is a testament to how hard it was for them at the beginning. Because when they finally got success, people were like, "What is this?" Yeah. And us metalheads were like, who are you? Where have you been? Yeah. You know, what rock have you been under? This is the, yeah, well, I've been telling you this stuff's great. And then to watch these people like really bite into the metal, uh, the, the black album and then work their way backwards. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, fun yeah. to watch it's people like, do There's that. more? <laughs> yeah, it's even better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I have, but, you know, you lost a lot of hardcore fans there because they're like, oh, Metallica got successful. Right, but they didn't get successful because they, because there was somebody backing them or because, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, somebody was getting paid to play their music with yep. that stupid payola. Yeah, nobody was playing their music. Happening. Yeah, nobody was playing <laughs> their stuff. And uh, they got there their own way. They made their own path and they stayed true to it and it and they were successful for it. Yep. As far as my favorite two songs, um, I would have to, this is cliche as hell, but it's the first one I heard, and it made me feel okay, because you're always nervous. Yeah. When you put that new album, oh, in. especially if you're like a legit music fan. Oh yeah. He's like, like, oh, my favorite band's having a new album. I'm like, shit. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> um, mm. I mean, every band goes through that, yeah. and you're like waiting for it to happen because it's like every time Metallica's up to bat, it's a home run. Yeah. So at some point, they got to strike out. Is this the one? Yep. And I heard Inner Sandman, and it was creepy, and it was kind of that spooky feel to it. It was heavy. It had a great, catchy riff, great lyrics, and I was like, yep. yes, my guys are still winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like that. With They're anything. still winning. They it's still like anytime, got it. 
Especially if you have a band that's been around a while, like that's had so many good records. You're like, oh man, is this the one? Is this the one that's gonna it, suck? Yeah, exactly. You they gotta have a they, su- they gotta have one that sucks. Every band's done it. <laughs> every band's done it. That's how like I always get scared with like Corn and Slipknot put out a new album. Like, oh god. As far as my number two, uh, that's probably changed over the years. Um. Again, it's cliche, but I was so respectful at their uh the way that they decided to like um go off the beaten path and do uh, another ballad even more so with uh, nothing else matters i mean that's oh, yeah, yeah. that's even more ballady way more ballady than anything uh, than, uh, um fade to black because yeah. fade to black actually got heavy at the end right and the story behind it where James was like, he wrote that song for himself. He didn't write that for Metallica. But then, like, Lars and them heard him play it, and they're like, whoa, dude, no, we got to use this. Yeah. And, like, all the stuff they did to make it, like, you should really, everybody should watch that classic. I have it sitting there right there, that classic yeah, yeah, album's yeah. Metallica. I was going to ask you, like, how many times will we watch that since that's come out? A bunch. <laughs> like, I actually have the DVD. We watch it so much, I put it in the thing. Yeah. But, uh, where they talk about all the stuff they did to that song to make it sound the way it does, like the orchestra. That's really an orchestra. It's not a guy on a keyboard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's and all the different sounds and stuff they would experiment with and stuff that you can't even hear in the mix, but you would hear it if it wasn't there or you right. notice it. Um, that song's kind of a masterpiece in its own way, and it's a slow song. And they didn't care. They were like, "Hey, this is what we like to play. We're gonna yep. play it." I kind of almost hate that those are the two most popular ones, but you know that's kind of the the two that all those all those songs are good on yeah. the album though it was another home run mine was uh, Wherever I May Roam because I love that Middle mm-hmm. Eastern sound and stuff anytime a band does that like that's you want to make me as a fan or get me as a fan put some of that in your songs and I'll fall for it every time yeah and then uh, of Wolf of Man mm. just how that thing started like dah 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 all right. Should we pick up next time with load and reload? Yep. Because we'll stop right there. It almost feels like we're getting to the end, but we're really actually in the middle. Because yeah. you got to think about the you know like death magnetic. Yep. And, we'll uh, split it up. Insane anger and uh, and you death got magnetic the, the, you got the new one. Um, hardwired. Hardwired self destruct. So and I've got a lot to say about those yeah. as well. But uh, yeah, let's we'll finish this up probably tonight or tomorrow. But it'll be on the next episode. Yeah. How's that sound? That's perfect. perfect. Perfect way to end it. Yeah. Metallica. Yeah. Part two coming next episode on Real Pop Culture. When I change design. Those new band shirts look awesome. Where did you get those done? At Anarchy Design. They do screen printing now? Oh yeah, they do professional custom screen printing at a very competitive rate. Where can I find them? Look them up on Facebook, facebook.com slash anarchydesign69 or email them at anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. You can check out some of their work on their Facebook page. When you're ready to order, you can send them your idea or they can design it for you. It's a one-stop shop for all your screen printing needs. That's anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. It's a one-stop shop for all your screen printing needs. That's anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. Well, it's too late now. Too late. Don't start doing it right.
right now. Oh, okay. I'll go back. Keep doing it wrong. Keep doing it wrong. Well, we're here. We're back. We're doing this outro. Yeah, baby. And I'm still drinking water. And it's 11, almost 11 o'clock. I'm not doing nightcap before I go to bed. I'm not. It's fun. It's Christmas Eve, it's dog. Fun, it's Christmas Baby, Eve. It's all good. Christmas Eve. <laughs> and I got to spend it with you. Yeah. And Christmas Eve. Man, I took a picture of that. Uh, for Christmas, I got like a big badass toolkit. And my to give you the whole story, I was telling my mom and dad I was looking at that butcher box. And butcher box is like this mail-in service where they send you like meat. Really? Every month. Yeah, it's pretty wow. awesome. I didn't know but that. they were doing like a special for uh, where you could basically what I understood it to be was a hundred dollars for a year. But it was actually a hundred dollars a month for a year. Yeah. <laughs> because I told my parents that when I thought it was a hundred dollars for a year, I was like, I'd like a year's worth of, of a butcher box. And so they uh, they're like, okay, that sounds cool. Send us the information. And I was like, whoop, never mind. Uh, <laughs> That's a hundred dollars a month, not you know. Yeah. So that'd be like twelve hundred bucks. So let's don't do that. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember what else I told them I wanted. I was like, just give me this. Or no, I, I remember what it was. They bought a case of ribeyes at Sam's one time, and I was like, just give me like a case of ribeyes. You, you got that time at Sam's. Yeah. Well, they went and they bought like this huge cooler full of all this meat, uh, like a a Cornish hen. A chicken, two of everything. A huge slab of ribs, like the biggest, fattest ribeyes I have ever seen. Yeah, no kidding. And I thought they were roasts. <laughs> like two inches thick. Yeah, and there was like six, or there was a bunch of them in yeah, there, and this huge thing of cheese. Because like when I when I go on my eating program, it's usually like a paleo keto kind of thing, where I'm eating a lot of high protein stuff. So yeah. that would be great for for that. So I, I got my toolkit out. And I put all that meat around it. <laughs> Took a picture, and I was like, "The most manly ass yeah. Christmas ever!" Like tools and meat. I am all that is man. <laughs> yes. I just stood there looking at it like a shrine. <laughs> oh. I started spread out like some money all across it, and put like a gun on there. Yeah, <laughs> should brought your guns out. And yeah. Put that on top of it. <laughs> just like this build of altar of man. <laughs> <laughs> and put pig next to it somehow. I'm all that is man. Yeah, it's been a good year. It's been a good Christmas. I hope all of our listeners had a Merry Christmas. You know, it's funny that we were talking about this the other night. It seems like people have, I guess maybe especially the uh, attendants, the clerks at the stores, and convenience stores and stuff, they've gone back to saying Merry Christmas. Yeah. Instead of Happy Holidays. Because holidays. I guess maybe the, that, that era, that section of political correctness has gone back to normal who cares yeah but uh, either way well i would just just to be non-conformist if somebody said happy holidays to me i'd be like yeah merry christmas yeah all right so uh i had a good time doing the metallica thing man i'm looking forward to part two yeah it's gonna be awesome i've got a lot to say about i've got more to say about what's to come the second half yeah no than, than what we've covered so far we've, we've been spot on together with the first half like any Metallica fan would be. Yeah. This is where it gets all dicey. This is where it gets dicey. This is where the waters dicey. get a little white. Rapidy. <laughs> Strap in, folks. Hey, and weigh in. Because uh, I don't know when we're recording part two. 
but I think everyone should take a second listen to Saint Anger. Go ahead. And then uh, weigh listen. in on this. If you listen to this between part one and part two, hit us an email and load and reload as well. And, All three uh, of those. And let us know. You know, weigh in on what we're saying. Do you agree? You disagree? Oh yeah, with the previous everything we've gone over. Yeah. We like feedback. Real no pop culture for real at gmail.com. Yeah, what was the Metallica song or album that got you into Metallica? Exactly. What was your first experience of the Tally Cats? And uh, what else do we need to say before we get off of here? Hmm. Oh, I got Mortal Kombat 10. Yeah, the ultimate. Awesome. You're the, gonna love that. The complete edition, complete with a K, of course. You're gonna love that. Did you know that there was an early Mortal Kombat game that didn't even have Scorpion in it? No. It was like Mortal Kombat 3 or something. What? I'll have to go through it. There's a video on YouTube that goes through all the Mortal Kombat games. And there was one where uh, Scorpion wasn't in it, but they added him later. I don't know if it was for like arcade or what. It was something stupid like that. Well, they did well by adding him. (laughs) But... Uh, dude, I remember when Mortal Kombat came out for Super Nintendo. Wow. And, again, I've never been a huge console guy, but there's something about Mortal Kombat that just intrigued me. And I rented it and played it. Like, you know, when you rent a game, you have to, like, binge play it because you got to take it back. So I would, like, take it back and rent it again. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I eventually bought it or asked for it for Christmas or something, but... I remember the first day I played it, I was like, man, this game is amazing. These are like real people fighting. Yeah. I mean, by today's standards, oh, yeah, yeah. it was terrible. But, I mean, I was used to seeing like Mario run across the screen. Now I'm seeing like <laughs> dudes with like muscle definition and blood and sweat, like just pounding on each other and huge like fight scenes and epic like backgrounds. Yeah. Well, I get to school the next day and my friends are talking about it and they're like, hey, have you done any of the finishing moves? I'm like, what? It's like you could kill the guy after you beat him, you could kill him. Like get the hell out of here! <laughs> like yeah, you gotta know the code, man. You, you type in the fatality, and we didn't have internet, so yeah, we could like Google it. Yeah, it was just like an almost like an urban legend. Right, it wasn't like only instructions. Hey, this is how you kill people. <laughs> I remember um, during the PlayStation era, like the first PlayStation, you had to buy a cheat code book that was like this day up like three inches thick, and it had yeah. like every game, you know, for PlayStation in it. And then the codes that went with it. Yeah. That was the only way I knew about that. I shouldn't say we didn't have internet. I mean, it did exist, but it was like very early internet. Dial-up. Where like these, because I remember what was being passed around school. We would like make copies of it. Was (laughs) these like five pages that somebody had typed out. Wow. They downloaded it off either a BBS or, you know, early on internet. And printed it out and we all made copies of it. And you would just go through and you would stay up all night long, like, doing all the fatalities. To me, that's a miracle that it even got to you. Yeah. You know? It was crazy. Everybody had a copy of it. That's (laughs) Stapled together. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember it. I remember my dad printing off um, cheats for, like, PlayStation 2. And, you know, had them stapled together because he's all neat like that. Yeah. And they would be all wrinkled up and dog-eared, you know. They'd have, like, Dorito stains on yeah, them. Yeah, that like, was all mine. Yeah. And you would, get, Fun, you would be Funyuns like... Funyuns and... You'd be like, dude, I think I'm going to win. I think I'm going to win. What's the, what's the one for Kung Lao again? Yeah. Like, what is... Like, how do you do the how do you do the Sub-Zero one? It's like, back down, back up. No, 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 no. Up, up, down. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What is it? Ah! Too much, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm going to beat him again. 
Or you would go on two-player mode and just leave the other joystick alone. Yeah. And just beat the guy so yeah, you, yeah. you could practice the Figure style. Out, yeah. Yep. It looks like they, and some of them may do this. I don't know. They would have. They should have like a fatality practice mode. I where it starts I out. I can't remember. Seems like they probably have. We can just practice fatalities. Too. I know at one point you could hit pause and look it up. Like they had the cheat things built into the game, or the not not, not the cheats, but the the moves, and in, built into the game. Because I followed it once it came back out for PlayStation Two or Three or whatever it was. Because you had like. Mortal Kombat, Deadly Alliance, and and those games that followed after that. That's I guess it was like a second run or a reboot kind of thing. Um, they they added all that in there. What was funny is they got all that backlash because they did the fatalities. So then on the next one they had also available the friendship. Do you remember that? No. You could do a friendship. It was the stupidest thing ever. But it's like you do a different set of codes. And they would do something friendly and nice to you <laughs> instead of mean. What the hell? Yeah, it was really stupid. They also had a babality where you could turn them into babies. Yeah, I remember that. It, that was the same Start one crying. that had the friendship. Okay. It was totally silly. Some like, silly ass stuff. You know, that's funny too because um, there's a guy that uh, was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he, was, he play, does voiceovers for video games. And he was making fun of like the PC world back in the 90s. And everyone was all like up in a roar about uh, Doom. Yeah. But he was laughing about it because what they should have been like freaking out about over was Mortal Kombat. You know what I'm saying? Like it was way more advanced. Yeah. The violence where the violence was at than what, you know, the Congress or whoever it was uh, or senators were, were complaining about. Yeah. Like that offends you. Like that's like Mario Brothers. Yeah, compared to what's really. And now you got like Grand Theft Auto, yeah. which is. Oh, my sorry. <laughs> but yeah, man, I've always been in a Mortal Kombat. I love the movies too. Yep. Um, oh, this is what I was going to say. Do you remember this one? Because this took me the longest to figure out, and I can't remember which one it was. I'm wanting to say it was three, but it might have been, might have been two, because that Shang Tsung was like the young guy. Like in the first one, he's all old. And then like, oh wow! And you can play as Shane Song. I don't remember that. And you can change like you type in a code and you change into any character you want. So oh. to do this special fatality, you have to play as Shane Song. You have to win, and then you have to turn into Scorpion. Oh, no, 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 Sub Zero. And you have to do this in this all of this in this time allotted, which is just a few wow. seconds. So as soon as it says finish him, you, you type in the code to become Sub-Zero. Then you freeze him. And you keep freezing him over and over. And somehow that buys you time. Because you're going to turn back into Shang Tsung after a yeah. few seconds. So when you turn back into him, you immediately have to turn into... Uh, you immediately have to turn into Liu Kang. Then you type in the code to become the dragon and bite him in half. Whoa. And while you bite him in half, they're still frozen. Where he's frozen to sub zero, yeah. and it like screws up the game, and the character turns like this weird camouflage color, which is really not a big deal, but because it's like a uh, almost an Easter egg, right. even though they didn't do that intentionally, right. it was like a mistake in the game. Like everybody was like, "Oh man, did you do the yeah. you know the the, the sh- I get the names mixed up the sh- Shang Tsung like 
I don't know what they called it, but like Easter egg. Everybody was wanting to, to try to do that because it's really hard to do. And once you do, you're like, holy shit, I did it! You're like, wow, it does look kind of camo. We like, yeah. It's like turns into a weird color, which is so stupid now. Like, why would you go to all that trouble just to see that happen? But just, I guess, just to say you did it. Our worlds were smaller back then. Our worlds were much smaller. And I know everybody's thinking like Mortal Kombat 10, dude. 11's about to come out, but that's the way I do video games. I'm not gonna pay sixty dollars for one. Yeah, I, I buy games like way, way after nobody cares about them anymore. Then I get them for like ten I bucks. Can't, I can't remember the last new game I bought. The last new game I bought was uh, the Force Unleashed, I think. Wow. I'm gonna buy this red, this new Red Dead Redemption, brand new. Yeah, gonna be that's awesome. pretty popular. I thought about buying a PlayStation 4 just to get Mortal Kombat 11, but when I found out how expensive they are, I'm like, eh, it's not worth it for one game. You never know what you'll come along. Well, knowing me the way I am, yeah. I'll wait till the PlayStation 5 or 6 comes out, then well, buy a PlayStation 4, and then buy Mortal Kombat 11. Plus, <laughs> how advanced PS4 is now, too. You could do so much more with it. You don't even have to play games on it. You can use it as for your Netflix. So it's like your computer now, yeah, basically. Yeah. Your entertainment center, Netflix, um, you know, all that stuff's on there. YouTube, you can put YouTube on there. You can put, you know, the internet, have it connected to your internet. You can search the web on it. You know, it's so crazy now, the amount of people that actually just don't have a computer in their house. Yeah. Because all they, like, especially the people that all they use their computer for was to check their email and Facebook and stuff. And then when their computer got too old or whatever, they just shoved it in the closet. Got their phone. Got rid of it and they use their phone now. Like the only people is there, which that's crazy because I use my computer for all kinds of stuff. Well, of course I do out here because we're like for this. Yeah. But even in my house, I got a computer in the study that I use. I use my laptop. Like some stuff I just don't want to do on my phone. I could, but it's just so much easier to do on the computer. I think. Yeah. Is that just because I'm old school or? I don't know. I'm old school. I'm always behind. I feel like I'm always like ten years behind. I just it's a different experience like I've got a, an iPad and somebody and it's actually an iPad mini and they're like well what you, your phone and can do everything you know your iPad it's like well some stuff I like doing on my iPad because it's got a little bit bigger screen yeah some stuff I like to do on my laptop like oh. if I'm editing or something and I'm moving around I might be in the kitchen doing it I might be out here or I might be on this computer I don't know it's it is cumbersome though. I mean, I, I I see where it would be better to have one device just to cover everything. Yeah. And I think that's where everything's going. Like I remember when I remember when there was like no distinction between a computer monitor and a TV. Yeah. Right. Like all the TVs. This is a TV. Yeah. This is a TV we use as a monitor. as a monitor. Yeah. But used to like you bought a set. It was a different thing altogether, pretty much. You know, with the different hookups and everything. Yeah. I think everything's going to be combined even more so than it is now. God. Oh. I think what's going to happen. I've been saying this a long time. The processing power and stuff hasn't caught up quite enough yet. But you're basically just going to have like a docking station on your desk at work, and you're going to drop your phone in it and do your work. Oh yeah. And you go to leave, you grab it, take it home, throw it in that docking station, and watch movies on a bigger projection or probably something that's projecting into your mind directly. Kind of already there. Yeah. Well, it's like we were talking about earlier about the VR stuff. I mean, Ready Player One, 
is right around the corner. Yeah. We're, we're five, maybe ten years away from that, from the Oasis being a real thing. Did you watch Gamer yet? Yes, I did. Just because you told me to. That's good. That's some shit. Yeah. That, that's what's going to happen, too. You think that's going to happen? Even later on. Later on. We'll control real people. Raider Player One's going to happen first, and then, you know, whatever. The next hundred years later, or however long, will be like that movie Gamer. Yeah, it'll start out where you can volunteer to, to do it. Then it'll be like... And if you die, you, well, you've already signed, signed off. Signed Yeah, I think... I mean, that VR stuff is... Is the the graphics haven't caught up yet, but they will. I mean, it's just a matter of time. I remember when they tried VR in the early '90s and it failed miserably. But they you already, remember the Virtual Boy for Nintendo? Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, it was awful. I remember seeing that at Walmart, being like, "Whoa, they have one!" Yeah, on display. You look in that thing, you're like, "Well, this is." But they were already thinking there, you know? What right? I'm yeah, like, they knew it was coming. They yeah. were just the technology wasn't there yet. Fast forward, and here we are. You put on the headset. They've even got the treadmill. They got the thing you, you hold in your hands. Yep. Like I'm sure they'll have a haptic suit, yep. like in Ready Player One, where you just fully submer- submersive. And then it'll get indistinguishable from real life. And you'll have people that then it'll be like a ma- then and then well you have Ready Ready Player One, and then another hundred two hundred years will be the AI the gamer, and then another. 100, 200 years will be like the Matrix, where everything in the outside world has gone to shit. You know? Well, it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> it feels like it's almost going towards the Matrix, but not in a forceful way. Like, we're do- we're wanting to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we're surrendering our... Drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, we're making the Kool-Aid and drinking it. <laughs> it's like Joe Rogan says all the time, This uh, the hunger for innovation is driving this engine that, that's just putting out newer better better things and people want the newest and the best of everything and they're consume 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 and, and it's not enough people stopping and it's being not like, wait a minute no nobody's pumping the brakes yeah. anytime soon it's just going to keep going and i think the end result is like i think it's like elon musk said man once that switch gets flipped and the ai yeah. comes online you ain't, going back. <laughs> you ain't putting that thing back in the box. No, sir. It's like, who was it said, well, it's a robot. Just turn it off. Okay, where's the switch on the internet? Show yeah. it to me. Yeah. Show me how to unplug the internet yeah. right now. <laughs> Just turn it off. Let's see how easy that is. <laughs> Put those worms back in the can. Yeah. You show me you can do it, and I'll believe you. <laughs> That's what the internet is, man. That's why they built it that way. Because it can't be shut off through one circuit. No. It's a, that's why they call it the World Wide Web, because you can cut a spider web, yeah. and it's still intact. You'd have to blow up every satellite in space. Oh, man, it would take... Every, every you know, tower on Earth. You could slow it down by taking out some major providers or some major circuits. But by then... Oh. All right, we're almost two hours. Woo! Woo! Metallica. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next episode. We got a lot, man. We got like, I got like three episodes worth of stuff to do, and then I'll trickle them out over the next few weeks. So, this next Metallica thing is going to be something. It's going to be awesome. Thanks for listening to Real Pop Culture. What did I say this was? Episode 106? 105. 105, baby. 105. So, we, we covered the stuff with Kill J. We covered the Metallica. We covered. We, we talked about gear a little bit, but we, there's a lot of musicians that listen to the show 
And I really want to do a, a quick rundown of like the stuff we're using on the new album, like some of the equipment and stuff. Which my mine will be easy because I don't have like fancy rigs. Yeah. But I do have some guitars that we've modified and stuff that I, I really like. It's it's I've just now got like cool guitars. Yeah. Just <laughs> this now. took me this long. I didn't realize I've only been using um, tube amps for like four or five years now mm. that's not long no at all yeah i thought i thought i was just the baddest person on the planet when i had that first bought that jmc marshall <laughs> and now i'm like Ugh. that was mg was it yeah. e- either way it's it's not a tube it's jcm is like it's solid state i was like wow this thing is amazing yeah this is the because i went from a gorilla right combo oh, yeah. to that, to that. <laughs> That's like going from a wheelbarrow to a don't. I mean, to a wheelbarrow to a to a pickup truck. It's funny now because it's like even though you wouldn't sell it, like you could, you wouldn't get nothing for it. But I laugh at people on these uh, sell buyer trade pages. Buy sell trade, yeah. That are trying to sell these MG Siri Marshalls for you know like four hundred, five hundred dollars. It's like, man, get out of my face with that. Yeah. And it's funny, like people will sell like a Squire. Uh, freaking like strat copy yeah for like 200 300 bucks i'm yeah. like really here's you could actually get a pretty decent guitar for 300 bucks man here's 50 <laughs> yeah here's 50 just so i can smash it on stage yeah. when i get done <laughs> all right thanks for listening to real pop culture episode 105 we've been broadcasting live from high top the first and only for kill j headquarters at the kill j ranch <laughs> love you bye boom Boom. 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 Blow it up.